From Kindred Church, your inclusive church family. This podcast is a collection of sermons from our weekly worship services in Durham, North Carolina. Whatever your background is, wherever you are on your faith journey, we hope this message helps you take your next steps in response to God's unconditional love. Well, hello and welcome to Kindred Church. It's great to be with you if we've not met before. My name is Daniel. I'm the pastor here. And if this is your very first time to tune in with us, we are especially glad that you joined us today. Uh, Our scripture reading is from John in the New Testament. John, uh, we're looking at chapter 20, verses 19 through 22. And it says this, It was still the first day of the week, and that evening, while the disciples were behind closed doors because they were afraid of the Jewish authorities, Jesus came and stood among them. He said, Peace be with you. After this, he showed them his hands and his side. And when the disciples saw the Lord, they were filled with joy. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you as the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. And then Jesus breathed on them and he said, Receive the Holy Spirit. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. So here's a question for you. What is church all about? What is church all about? You know, oftentimes we show up to church, we tune into church like this, we get involved with church, we give money to church, but we don't often step back and and think about that basic question of of what is church all about? And so today, I simply want to remind us of what Jesus tells us that church is all about. And this is important to pay attention to because as we're going to see, what Jesus tells us that church is all about is actually very, very different from what our culture tells us that church is all about. And if we're not careful, we can start taking our, our cues from culture. And if we do that, our church is never going to be what it could be, and our church is never going to be what it should be. So in a second, we'll, we'll talk about Jesus, and, and we'll talk about uh, what he tells us church is all about. Um, but first, I just think it's helpful to name, and I think it's important to, to point out how our culture teaches us to think about church. And to help us do that, um, I want to talk for a minute about the gym. The gym. This might seem pretty random, um, but it seems to me that the way our culture teaches us to think about church is actually pretty similar in a lot of ways to the gym. So, so let's talk about the gym. Uh, I don't know how you feel about the gym. I know some people love the gym. A whole lot of people hate the gym. Uh, my own relationship with the gym has changed a whole lot over the last few years. Um, I used to be, for a long time, I was a person who loved going to the gym. I started going to the gym when I was in high school. I was playing sports and I wanted to get stronger, wanted to get in, in better shape, so got into that routine. And then in college, I actually got a job working at a gym and that made it easy to just keep up the routine of, of going to the gym. And as I moved out of college and, and into my professional life, I just stuck with it and, and almost on a daily basis, I was at the gym. It was good for my physical health. It was even better in many ways for my mental health. I had friends at the gym. So for for a long time, the gym was a really big part of my life. Uh, But then, then came 2020. And I don't know if you remember this, but this thing happened in 2020 called the COVID-19 global pandemic. And so after many, many years of going to the gym on basically a daily basis, 
all of a sudden I couldn't go to the gym anymore. I wanted to go to the gym, but I did not want to catch COVID. So I couldn't go to the gym. And and at first that was a a struggle for me. I struggled to adjust. Um, I tried to set up like a makeshift gym in my backyard, but I didn't have any like exercise equipment. So I had to get kind of creative. I pulled out this old cooler that we had and I used that for my workout bench. And uh, I didn't have a pull-up bar, so I found a a low tree branch in the backyard, and I was trying to do pull-ups in the tree. I'm sure my neighbors thought I was nuts. Uh, Some of you probably think I'm nuts as well. But then it became clear that like COVID wasn't going away very quickly, and it would be a while before it was safe to go back to the the gym. And so I broke down and just started buying some some of my own home exercise equipment. Uh, I moved out of the the backyard where my judgy neighbors could see me, and I moved into my garage where I'd have a little more exercise privacy. Uh, About that same time, my wife showed me this workout app that she uses that's a lot of body weight exercises, so you don't need a lot of equipment. And over time, uh, even though it was a struggle at first, I kind of got used to just working out at home and and not going to the gym. Well, fast forward a little while and the vaccines came out and and COVID numbers started going down and I began to think, okay, I need to get back in the routine of, of going to the gym. And so a few times I tried going back to the gym, but what I quickly discovered was that it wasn't really working for me anymore because I discovered there's actually a whole lot that I had come to love about just working out at home. I mean, for example, like my garage doesn't smell great but it does smell better than the gym. It certainly smells better than the men's locker room at the gym, right? And and at the the gym, so often I'd be waiting on somebody just using the machine that I wanted to use, you know, some teenagers texting his girlfriend or whatever, right? I don't have time for that. Or at the gym, you know, the the dude next to me is probably lifting like three times as much as me and, and making me feel like a shrimp. I don't have to deal with that at home. At home, there's no membership fee. I don't have to drive anywhere. And so eventually, I just decided to cancel my membership at the gym. And I don't know if this is permanent. I may go back to the gym at some point later in life, but I've determined that right now for me in this season, working out at home just works best for me. Now, I promise I'm almost done talking about the gym, but there's something that I want you to notice here. As my relationship to the gym has changed, as it's evolved at every single stage, my relationship with the gym has been all about me. It's been all about me. When I was going to the gym on a daily basis, it was all about me. It was about my my physical health, my mental health. It was about the the friends that I enjoyed seeing there. When after COVID and I was deciding whether or not to go back to the gym, I was asking what's gonna work for me? What are the costs? What are the benefits to, to, to me? When I decided to cancel my gym membership altogether, that decision was because that was what felt best to me. My relationship with the gym is all about me. Now, that's fine for the gym. The gym is supposed to be all about me. But here's my point. Here's my point with all this. Our culture leads us to think that church is kind of like that. Our culture leads us to think that church is is this extracurricular activity that's kind of like the gym. You know, I can go to the gym to meet my exercise needs if I want to. I can go to church to meet my spiritual needs if I want to. If the gym stops meeting my exercise needs, I can just stop going. If the church stops meeting my spiritual needs, I can just stop going. If it works best for me to just go to the gym sometimes, I can go sometimes. If church works best for me to just go sometimes, I can just go sometimes. In, in either case, it's, it's all about me, right? And so when we're deciding how we should engage with church, when we're deciding, should I go to church? 
How often should I go? Should I get involved at church? Should I give money to church? How much money should I give to church? What our culture pushes us to do is to think in terms of what's in it for me. What's in it for me? Because our culture leads us to think that church, kind of like the gym, kind of like other extracurriculars that we do, that that church is all about me. Well, what I want to point out to us today, and I think this is really important, is that Jesus gives us a radically different perspective on what church is all about. According to Jesus, church is, is actually not just an extracurricular activity. And according to Jesus, church is not like the gym, at least not in, in that way. Church is not all about me. Because according to Jesus, church is so much bigger than that. It's so much better than that. It's so much more rewarding and life-giving and meaningful than that. And so the question is, what does Jesus say? What does Jesus tell us that church is all about? Uh, well, he tells us a lot, and so there's a lot of different passages that we could look at um, today. But for our purposes, I want us to, to look closely at something Jesus says here in John chapter 20, because this is so powerful, and so many Christians miss this. I don't want us to, to, to miss this. So let's look at this passage in John chapter 20. Uh, here's the context. Verse 19 says this. It says, it was still the first day of the week. Uh, what is the first day of the week? This is not a trick question. The first day of the week is always a Sunday. So this is Sunday, but it's not just any old Sunday. Uh, what we know from the context is that this is Easter Sunday, that the very first Easter, and it's nighttime, it's evening time, and the disciples of Jesus, they're all gathered together in a room, and they're getting ready to eat dinner together. And while they're about to eat dinner, suddenly out of nowhere, the risen Jesus just shows up in this room. And at first the disciples can't believe it, understandably, but, but then they, they take a look at Jesus, they talk to Jesus for a minute, uh, he, he's got holes in his hands and in his side, they can tell he's not a ghost, it, it really is Jesus. Now, if you had seen someone die, and then 48 hours later they show up in the room while you're getting ready to eat dinner, you're going to give them your undivided attention, right? And so in this moment, what we know is Jesus has the disciples' attention like he's never had it before. And so what does Jesus choose to talk about in this climactic moment? What does Jesus choose to say? That there's a lot of things potentially Jesus could have talked about, but Jesus knows that he's only got a short time left with the disciples. He's only going to be physically present with them for a very, very short time. And so Jesus gets right to the point and Jesus talks about the church. And specifically, Jesus tells the disciples what church is all about about. Please don't miss this. Listen to this. This is in verse 21 in the, in the story. Uh, Jesus gathers the disciples around and he leans in and he's looking at them and they're looking at him. And Jesus says this, as the father has sent me, so I am sending you. As the father has sent me, so I am sending you. You, there's a lot packed into that. Let's unpack this for a minute. Jesus says, as the Father has sent me, he's reminding the disciples, why did I come into this world? It wasn't because I was up in heaven and I got bored and I had nothing better to do. Jesus is saying, I was sent into the world from the Father, meaning I'm on a mission, Jesus is saying. 
I'm on a mission to embody God's love for the world. I'm on a mission to share God's love with the world. I'm on a mission to establish the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven so that sin and evil and suffering and death will be no more. I was sent from the Father and I'm on a mission. And Jesus is saying that and the disciples are looking at him like, okay, well, that's great for you, Jesus. Glad you've got clarity about your mission. That sounds really exciting. But what does that have to do with us? And Jesus looks at the disciples and he says, listen, disciples, listen up, church. As the Father has sent me, so now I am sending you. In other words, my mission is no longer just my mission. Now my mission is your mission. It's no longer just my mission to embody God's love in the world. Now it's your mission to join me in embodying God's love with the world. It's, it's no longer just my mission to, to share God's love. It's, it's now your mission to share God's love. It's no longer just my mission to establish the kingdom of God on earth. It's now your job to advance the kingdom of God on earth. My mission is no longer my own. What Jesus is saying now my mission has become your mission. You see, the, the culture around us, the culture that we live in, tells us that church is all about me. But Jesus is telling us here, no, 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 don't fall for that. It's so much bigger. It's so much better. The culture around us tells us church is all about me. Jesus says, no, no, no. Church is all about the mission. It's not all about me. It's all about the mission. The mission. Uh, we're in a sermon series. Some of you know this. We're in a sermon series right now. Uh, where we're looking at the Apostles' Creed. If you've been with us in recent weeks, we've talked about how the Apostles' Creed is one of the oldest statements of faith in all of church history. And even to this day, almost 2,000 years later, the, the Apostles' Creed is one of the most widely embraced statements uh, of Christian faith. And we're using the Creed to help us explore some of the foundational beliefs of the Christian faith. And there's a line in the creed, you can see the full text of the creed in the video description and in the podcast description. Uh, we've got it there for you. But there's a line in the creed that talks about the church. And here's what it says. It says, I believe in the Holy Catholic Church. I believe in the Holy Catholic Church. What does that mean? Well, uh, that, that word holy, on a literal level, holy just means set apart set apart. It's saying that the church has been set apart by Jesus for the mission of Jesus. It's, it's holy in that sense. Uh, what, what does Catholic mean in this context? People get nervous about this because it sounds like Roman Catholic. It's not saying Roman Catholic Church. Uh, Catholic with a lowercase c here, it just simply means universal. Universal. It's saying that this mission applies to all churches universally. Jesus didn't just set one church one place apart. Jesus set the church universal apart for the mission of Jesus. I believe in the Holy Catholic Church. It's, it's just simply echoing. The creed is echoing and summarizing what Jesus tells us. That church is not all about me, but church is all about the mission. Now, what does all this have to do with you and me? Let, let's put some flesh on this. Let's make this practical for us where we are right here and right now. If church is not all about me, if church is all about the mission, what, what does that mean for us here in our mission at, at Kindred Church? Well, let me paint a picture for you. Uh, and some of you are aware of these things already, and, and some of you may be hearing this for, for the first time. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but uh, the area that we live in, the area that we live in, only a fraction of the population has a meaningful connection to a church. And what that means is that statistically speaking, 
the vast majority of people that we interact with on a daily basis, I'm talking about our coworkers, talking about our neighbors, our friends, in some cases our families, I'm talking about the cashiers at the grocery store, the waitresses at the restaurant, you name it, the majority of people that we interact with on a daily basis, they do not have a church family in their life. But I'll tell you what they do have. What they do have is anxiety, right? They have fear. Many of them have addictions. They have grief. They have worries, right? These people, they, they worry about their marriages. They worry about their kids. They worry about their finances, they worry about loneliness. They worry about their self-worth. They worry about their, their future. Just like many of us deal with these same things, all of these people around us are dealing with these things. But unlike you and me, what these people don't have is that they don't have a church family in their life. They don't have a church family to, to remind them that God is with them, to tell them how much God loves them. They don't have a church family in their life to speak words of, of faith and words of hope and encouragement and love and transformation into their life. And as a result, there's all these people dealing with all of these overwhelming things and they don't know how much they are loved by God. And they don't know how much God is with them. They're out there thinking that they've got to navigate all of this all by themselves and all on their own. And here's the real kicker with all of this. Do you know why most of these people do not have a church family in their life? I'll tell you why. For a lot of them, they used to. They used to have a church, but then they got excluded because their church said, you're different. You look different or your sexual orientation is different. Your gender identity is different or your political views are different. You name it. And so the church says you're different and, and so you don't belong. And so they, understandably, they, they left the church that they were a part of. Others of these people who live all around us, that the reason that they don't have a church is because they just never grew up in church. They'd never been part of a church before. They don't know anything about church. A lot of those people probably have friends who go to church, but none of those church-going friends has ever worked up the courage to actually reach out and invite that person to come and, and check out the church. And so these people, they just don't know that church is for them. Still others of these people who live all around us, the reason that they don't have a church family is because they think that they have too many questions and that their, their doubts are, are too big for them to ever belong in a church because they don't believe in the same way that they think all church people just simply believe, right? So these people, they're, they're all around us. They're in Durham, they're in Chapel Hill, they're in Raleigh, they're in Hillsborough. Every single day we interact with these people. Now, just imagine... Imagine if, if there was a church that was sent into this situation, that was sent into this area by Jesus to embrace all of these people. Imagine if there was a church in this area that was on a mission to fully embrace all of these people who had been excluded from their last church. A church that would say to people, hey, we, we don't really care if you're different. In fact, we celebrate that. We value that because we believe God celebrates diversity. God created diversity and, and you belong here. Can you imagine if, if there was a church in this area that was on a mission to, to reach out and, and invite people who had never been part of a church community before? A church that would say to people, hey, it's okay to be new. We'll, we'll meet you right where you are, wherever that is, and, and we'll hold your hand and we'll help you take your next steps of faith, whatever those next steps might be. You, you belong here. Can you imagine if there was a church in this area that was on a mission 
to, to welcome in all of these people with big questions and, and big doubts and to, to, to say to them, hey, we got questions too. We got doubts too. You're not alone in that. Let's all journey together. Let's follow Jesus together and, and see if we can help each other to figure some of these things out that you belong here. I mean, to me, it's really incredible to think about the impact that that church can have. Can, can you imagine how much anxiety that church could help people to overcome? How much grief, how many addictions, how many worries that church could help people to, to overcome? Like the impact a church like that could have in this area is, is just mind-boggling to me to, to think about. And the ways that that would ripple out into the community and the effect that that would have in the world around us in this area. Well, I think you see where I'm going with this. I just want to remind us, Kindred Church, that, that that's us. We are that church. This is the work that Jesus has called us to do. This is why Jesus has sent us here. I firmly believe that. And you know, we're, we're off to a, a good start. And we're already making a difference in lots of people's lives. We're making a difference in the community. I see it every week and it, it, it's so encouraging to me. But what I also see is that together we can do so much more. We can and, and we will do so much more. But we have to remember we have to remember that church is not all about me. We have to remember church is all about the mission. We have to remember that. Let me push you for a second here. You know that I love you. You know that I love you. And I'm pushing you simply because I want the best for our church. And I want the best for each and every one of you. So, so let me ask you to think about a few scenarios with me. A Sunday morning rolls around, right? And I'm tired it's been a long week. Maybe it's rainy outside. It's cold outside. What I most want to do is pull the covers over my head and roll over and stay in bed. Well, in that moment, is church all about me or is church all about the mission? You see, if church is all about me, that's a no-brainer. I'm rolling over and I'm staying in bed. But, but if church is all about the mission, well, I'm dragging my behind out of bed and I'm showing up to church anyway because I know that I have a role to play. I know that I have a contribution to make. I know that by my presence and by my face and by the handshakes that I give out, I'm, I'm helping other people to know that they are welcomed at Kindred Church and they are loved at Kindred Church. Uh, when the church reaches out and, and asks me to consider joining a Sunday morning volunteer team, in that moment, is, is church all about me or, or is church all about the mission? See, if church is all about me, then, then I'm thinking about how busy I am and how my schedule is already packed full of other stuff. On the other hand, if, if church is all about the mission, I'm, I'm thinking about an opportunity. I see a golden opportunity to make an extraordinary difference in the lives of everybody who shows up to worship at Kindred Church. When I have a friend, when I have a friend who's going through something rough in their life, something difficult, something overwhelming, and I know that they don't have a church family in their life, in that moment, is church all about me or is church all about the mission? If church is all about me in that moment, I'm not risking the awkwardness of talking to that person about church. I don't know what they're going to think about that. But if church is all about the mission, then I'm not going to let a couple of minutes of potential awkwardness keep me from inviting that person to church and potentially making a huge difference in their life, right? Uh, how much money should I give to church? Should I show up to, to small group tonight when I'm tired and I really just want to stay on the couch and watch Netflix? Should, should I carve out time to make sure that I actually participate in this month's mission project? Well, it depends. All of that depends. Is church about me or is church about 
the mission. What we have to be aware of is that our culture is going to push us. Always, always, always our culture is going to push us to, to think that church is, is all about me. But if church is all about me, we're, we're going to miss out on the mission. We're going to fall short of the mission that Jesus has given us. And, and so if we take our cues from Jesus, if we can make sure that we're disciplining ourselves to, to, to keep church all about the, the mission, then, then the kindred church can become the kind of church that we all want it to be. And we can have the kind of impact that I know we all want to make. And, and the great irony of all of this is the, the less we focus on me, actually the more exciting and the more fulfilling and the more rewarding our church experience is going to be, the more we're personally going to get out of it, right? So as, as Jesus says, as the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. Let, let's keep church about the mission so that we can be the kind of church that Jesus is calling us to be. Let me pray for us. Well, Lord, this is a, a challenging word for us in, in so many ways. I know that for a lot of us hearing this message today, uh, this is a very different way than we typically think uh, about church. And uh, it can be jarringly different. It can be offensively different, Lord. Uh, I, hope, uh, I pray that you would uh, open all of our hearts to, to receive this message in the spirit in which it was given. Uh, when Jesus calls us to be about the mission and, and not about ourselves, it's, it's actually because Jesus cares so deeply about us. And Jesus also cares so deeply about the people that we're called to reach and connect with and, and share God's love with, Lord. So um, even though there's all this cultural pressure that we feel to make church all about me, Lord, help us to resist that. Give us the wisdom and the discipline to, to reject that way of church and, and to keep church all about the mission that you've given us. But we know that, that there's so much at stake and so much hangs in the balance and that the opportunity that we have as a church is, is so incredibly great if we just keep church all about the mission. Help us to do this, God. We thank you for your example. We thank you for your calling and we pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, well, for instance, a few things here quickly for us before we go. Um, if you're new to Kindred, I would love to connect with you. Click the connect link in the description and uh, fill out the short form. I'll reach out to you to say hey later this week. Uh, I look forward to getting to know you. Uh, also, if you're local, we would love to see you in in-person worship. Uh, get on our website. It's kindrednc.church. You can get all the details about in-person worship. Uh, and finally, click the announcements link that you see in the description. That'll take you to this week's newsletter, which has lots of ways for you to plug in and engage and, and keep growing in your faith with us here at Kindred Church. You're going to want to subscribe and, and keep an eye on that newsletter uh, because we've got a lot going on as, as we uh, wrap up the season of Lent here in the next couple of weeks and as we uh, have some exciting Easter celebrations uh, coming up that you'll want to know about. Uh, so with that, friends, remember that we love you and we hope you have a great week and may the peace of Christ be with you. Thanks for tuning in. If this message was meaningful to you, consider sharing it with a friend who might also find it meaningful. To support this ministry, to get involved with Kindred Church, or to learn more about us, check out our website, kindrednc.church. We hope you have a great week.